Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. We, we come to church because we want to be changed. We want to get everything that God has for us. We want, to, we want to be the people that God created us to be. And you do that by following Christ. Amen? So that's the goal of this series. It was purposely going to end the week before Easter. And I believe God really has a message for each and every one of us today. Whether you're here or online, I just need you to be open to it. I need you to refuse to be distracted. Just say, no. you know, when your mind starts thinking about lunch, or somebody just went, lunch? <laughs> but thinking about, you know, the person next to you or, you know, you're going to, you know, do something after service today, just wait. You can do all of that right after we're finished. But right now, lean in. Ask God to show you what he has for you today. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to come to your house and to receive what you have for us. We're so grateful for all, all that you have in store. We're so grateful that we're your children. You sent your son to pay the ultimate price so that we could call you father, Abba Father, Daddy. And in that comes a lot of revelation of what it means to be a child of God, who we are, the purpose, the plan you have for our lives. Father, I thank you that we're able to receive it because the Holy Spirit helps us. And as we receive this and we have revelation knowledge of this, Father, when we leave, we're never going to be the same. And neither will the world as we come in contact with it. We are world changers with your anointing to make your son known. We ask this, believe we receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to start in our, in our text scripture for the whole series. That's in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. One day as Jesus was walking along the shore, of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water. Why? Because they were fishermen. Jesus called out to them, come follow me. Come follow me. Make a decision. Check your priorities. Come and see what I have for you. Come follow me just didn't say, hey, let's walk down the beach. He was saying, I'm inviting you for a life change. I'm inviting you into something that you don't even know what it is. Come and check it out. That's how we connect people to Christ through community. We ask them to follow us as we choose to follow Christ. And we let them have a glimpse of how their life can be changed by just putting him first. Come follow me, he said, and listen, I will show you how to be fishers of people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. So in our series, we found out that, um, number one, following Jesus is a way of life. It's not a Sunday morning thing. Your whole life changes when you choose to follow Jesus. All right, what's going on? I got to call tech support again. Tech support. It's froze. Anyway, number two. I know you guys think I'm a real dweeb when it comes to electronics, and you're right. So, <laughs> But 
Now we got, we, we've got to choose. We've got to make a choice. You know, it's not just something that happens. We've got to make a choice to surrender. We've got to surrender our way for his way. You can look at it like this. How many of you have ever pulled up to a road where there's a yield sign? And that yield sign, if you have your license or if you've studied the book to get your license, that yield sign means that you pause and yield to the other. There's a car that has the right of way, and it says for you to pause and follow. And what Jesus is saying, yield, we have to yield and surrender. When he's saying, follow me, you have to pause your plan. You've got to pause what you've already decided. This is what I'm going to do with my life. You've got to kind of pump the brakes a little bit and just check and see if maybe he has something else. It's yielding your way for his way. So we have to surrender. We have to go ahead and say, you know what, when we say surrender, it's not like throw up the white flag and we're beaten down. It means that we just say, not my way, but yours. You know, you say, well, I don't know if I can do that. Jesus gave us that example in the garden. Right before he was about to be taken to the cross, he knew what he was facing. He knew it was going to be a sacrifice. He knew it was going to be a challenge. It was going to be really tough for him. And he said, you know what? If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. In other words, let me bypass this. Nevertheless, not my way, but your way, he spoke to his father. And really what God is asking us to do, what Jesus is asking when he says, follow me, he's saying, will, will you pause? Will you put your way on hold and accept God's way? Will you surrender authority in your life? See, to have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior means that he's your Lord. His standard is now the standard. His way is now the way. And when you come up to a, a crossroads and you realize, you know what, I want to I go do this. Nevertheless, Lord, not my way, but your way. And you follow his way. Now, he doesn't do that to suck the fun. <laughs> We're going downhill. I'm, I'll just, no, I don't. I just saved it there. I didn't send it to myself. Tried something new today. <laughs> but it's a great message. <laughs> so, but what he's telling us is that, you know what, what we need to do is we need to just kind of be willing to. Remember, they laid down their nets. Whenever Jesus calls you to something, you have to be willing to lay something down. And when you, he says, follow me, you can't follow him going a different direction. You have to choose to go the direction of Christ. Amen? So now that we've got that, and we talked last week, because we were winding down last week, we talked about this guy Moses, who, who um, not, sorry, Noah, who God told him, he says, listen, I got a plan for you. I want you to build a boat because it's going to rain. And up until this time, throughout all the history of the earth, it had never rained. It never rained. The way the earth was set up, that the, the, the dew came and water came from the ground, and it had never rained. And yet, God says, listen, I want you to do this, and it's going to take you a while, like 120 years. He says, I want you to do this. And Noah had to make the decision that, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And he did. And the Bible describes him in, uh, in the Old Testament. It says that he was blameless because he was the only blameless one on the face of the earth. And because he answered the call of God, 
In that situation, it's dated in the documents for today. Yeah. Look at that. She always comes through. I don't care what you guys say about her. She's awesome. <laughs> so anyway, so we ended up talking about Moses, Noah, who, who built this boat, and he answered the call of God. And because he answered the call of God, you're all here. Because every other person on the earth, except for him and his family, drowned in the flood, right? Have you, have you ever got an important phone call? Like you're talking to somebody maybe, and all of a sudden your phone rings? There's something about our culture right now, and it's really irritating to me. You guys know I like to vent about what irritates me. Um, I hate it when people take phone calls right smack in the middle of a conversation. And it's like this, you know, you say, Hey, how's it going? You, you know, I, I really need to talk to you. It's very important. Okay, okay, ring. Hello? Yes, I'm fine. How are you? No, it's, it's a great day here in South Florida. Yes, thank you. Um, do I need a warranty for my car? I, I, you know, I don't think, you know, I mean, they take calls for anything. And I, I, I sit there and I'm like, now, there are times where I answer the phone when I'm meeting with someone, but I only do it if it's an important call that I'm expecting or it's an emergency. I know somebody's either in the hospital or they're going through something very difficult. That, then I will say, excuse me, I need to take this call. Noah, in the middle of his life, he had other plans, I guarantee it. God called, and, and Noah said, hold on, I've got to take this. There was a pastor who told this story. I just thought it was hilarious. He went to a restaurant. He waited in line to get up to the counter to order. It was a long line. He gets up there, and he starts make, placing his order. The phone rings. The person goes, hi, wing world. How? Yeah, okay. And they start taking somebody else's order. And he's like, okay, I'm a pastor. I'll be nice. Take the order. Hang up. What was it you were going to have, sir? As soon as he starts talking, the phone rings. Picks it up again. Hello, wing world. And they take another order. And all of a sudden, he starts fuming. He goes, hey, I was here first. <laughs> like that. Because they were showing priority to anybody else but you. And you know, there's times that we get deceived or distracted by the world, and we just decide anybody else but whoever I'm talking to right now. And you're all guilty of it. You know that, right? You've taken calls. You've been distracted. But I'm here to challenge you today that as you're living life, as you're going your way, when God calls, because he's still calling us, we need to look back and say, hold on, i got to take this. You know what? Yeah, I know we had plans, but i got to take this. No, I, yeah, yeah, I, I know I'm heading that direction, but i got to take this. This is an important phone call. This is God calling me. Today, God is calling each and every one of us to something different than what maybe we had planned. And you have to make the decision, are you going to take this? Because he wants to speak into your life. He wants you to surrender and follow. He wants you to make the decision that I'm not going to just do my own thing anymore. I'm going to go ahead and do what God's called me to do. Amen? I think that some of you, if you were honest, you would say, you know what, I've, I felt that God is calling me a little higher for a while. But things try to, try to hold us back, try to intimidate us, try to make us feel insecure. That I can never do that. But according to this series, Jesus said, follow me. If he calls you, then he equips you. 
If he calls you to do something, he enables you to carry it out. Otherwise, he wouldn't be a just God. He doesn't set you up for failure. He's not a child abuser. He loves you, and he wants you to experience the best that he has for you. And it's incredible. Once you make the decision, I'm going to be a Christ follower, suddenly your prayers change. Suddenly it's not, oh, God, please let me get a seat next to that cute girl. Please, I, I'll, I swear I'll go to church every Sunday. If you, you know, I mean, your prayers change. You know, oh, Lord, let me, please just have the Krispy Kreme hot now light be on as I drive by. Please, well, things change. Now all of a sudden you're like praying, God, what do I need to change? What's, what's stopping me from growing, growing closer to you? God, what's in the way of me becoming the person you created me to be? God, what do my neighbors need? Show me what I can do to let them see you in my life. See, when you're a Christ follower, your priorities change. And all of a sudden, the things that are important to him become more important than the things that were important to you. And you start having new passions about what you want to do, how you want to lead. Chris went to a mission, Pastor Chris went to a missions conference just three weeks ago, and it impacted him in such a way to see the passion that the, the people had to go out and to reach and, and to, to spread the gospel to those who've never heard. And, and it, it, suddenly his priorities have changed a little, where he's now focused on how can we help them get the word out? How can we enable them to go places that we're never going to go, but we can help send them so that the lost can hear? Things change when you become a follower, when you surrender and decide to put things God's way. In, um, in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, Jesus said this. He says, I'm not getting on your, on your case, guys. I just want to make it just kind of open and show you exactly what's being said here. And then you decide what you want to do with it. But in Luke, it says this. It says, Jesus said, this is from the mouth of our Savior. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Remember what we saw last week. If you love me, you'll do my sayings. If. You'll, he doesn't say you have to. He just says, if you, if you really love me, if you're really somebody who says, hey, I'm, I'm going to be a follower of Christ. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Then when he comes and says, hey, I need you to do this, you'll just do it. Nobody makes you. He doesn't threaten you with hell. If you don't do this, I'm going to make something bad happen to you. That's religious nonsense. That's not God. He just says, hey, I need you to do this. And if you love him, you'll do it. He doesn't take eternity away from you. But he just says, if you love me. And he basically leaves it for us to decide, do I really love him? But if I don't, don't be a poser acting like I do. Don't be those people that go to church and you want everybody to see how spiritual you are, but you know in reality you're not really that. You're self-centered. You're, you're, you're conniving. You, you talk about people. You're not walking in love. You know, you're looking for what's in it for you. And, stuff. and Jesus is saying, no, you're not kidding me. Stop kidding yourself. If you call me Lord, Lord, then do it because it's a condition of your heart. Not because of threat and bondage, but because you've gotten to know me. And some people say, well, I just can't do that, Pastor Mike. The only reason you can't follow him yet is because you haven't gotten to know him well enough yet. That's all it is. Because once you understand who he is, 
you can't help but say, I want some more of this. I mean, how many of you have ever had something that you never tried before, but then when you have it, you're like, I want some more of this. You know, that's the way Jesus should be. You get to know him, you're going to be, I want some more of this. <clears throat> I want to know him even more. Amen? And that keeps us from doing something that's really, it's really a disservice to God and it's a disservice to the world around us. Lift your hand if you have any friends at all. Come on, lift. I know you got at least one. Raise your hand up. Come on. You say, how do you know? Because I'm her friend. That's how I know. So if you have any friends at all, understand me, you're doing a disservice when you decide to change God to fit your narrative. See, so many people want to, they want to change God to fit their lifestyle. They want to change God to their comfort zone, and they want to make their own deity so they don't feel guilty or look bad in front of other people. You say, well, how do you do that? You just make decisions that you know are not God's will, and you go ahead and do it. You say, you know what, I, oh, man, I know on the inside, but they don't know any better. It's okay. I prayed. God said we could do it. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. We're under grace. You heard Pastor Chris, he talks about grace all the time. We can do it, and then we just say, God, forgive us. And we're good. Let's do it. The problem is when you, when you bring God down to your level, in reality, he's no longer your God. See, the whole idea of having a God is that he gets to tell us what to do. We don't tell him what to do. He, you know, we say, hey, Lord, I'm the potter. I mean, I'm the clay. You're the potter. Remember we said that? You form me. I don't form you into what I want to display. And see, a lot of times as followers of Christ, we, we kind of let our priorities get mixed up, and we start changing the God we present to the world. And all that does is make us think, well, if God's no more real like to you than that, then maybe he's not real to me. Because we're not showing them sincerity of heart. And he's trying to get us to see that as a follower of Christ, this is what you do. You follow him. You don't make it up as you go. So you fit in at church, and then you go out and you fit into the world, and you fit into this group, and then you fit in. You're not a chameleon. You're a Christian. You should be reflecting one thing, Christ and him alive. You say, Pastor Mike, this is really heavy. It may be, but by the time we get it finished today, if you're open to it, I think you'll be empowered to realize you don't ever have to fall to that lie again. Because the same God that you're watering down to the people around you and, and bringing him down to your level is the same God you're going to have to answer you when you need him. He's going to be the same one that you've made no effect. And then when you cry out to him because of how you've positioned him, and it's not him, it's you taking the power out of his hands, watering it down so he's nothing real. The Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If that's really the way you see God, he won't be able to answer your prayer. He won't be able to meet you when that storm of life comes. And how many know they come? We have to keep him high and lifted up. We have to make sure that he's the highest thing that we look at because if we don't, problems will overwhelm us and consume us. And as a follower of Christ, that should never happen. Amen? You with me? Number one, following Jesus is a, a way of life. Number two, it's surrendering and follow Jesus. Number three, and we're going to wrap it up, is be intentional, intentional, not accidental. If I'm a follower, I do it intentionally. It doesn't just happen. 
I don't just happen to follow Christ. The definition of an accident is a lack of intention or an unplanned event. It's something that wasn't planned. And when you, when you say, you know, I'm a follower of Christ, well, how'd that happen? Well, you know, I just wandered by the church one day and I fell in. I haven't been able to get out. You know, it, just, it was an accident. It doesn't work that way because your life every day as you follow him is full of decisions to either continue to follow or say, nah, it's not that important to me anymore. You guys with me? He, this part you really need to hear because this is the thing. You're either going to do it on purpose, you're going to do it intentionally, or you're not really going to do it. You're only going to appear to do it. You're only going to say you do it, but it's not going to be any real lasting change in your life. So you've got to ask yourself, if I have to do it intentionally, what am I doing to increase my faith? What am I doing to sharpen in my followership of Jesus Christ? What, am I, what decisions am I making in my life? Not what message is being preached to me, because that doesn't do it. It's what decisions are you making to decide I'm going to follow him no matter what. Come hell or high water, I'm a follower of Christ. This is what I do. This is who I am. I'm going to do it on purpose. When I wake up this morning, I'm going to decide this is a day that he has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it because I'm going to follow him all the day through. That's, way it, that's the way it works. You have to do it intentionally. We see it over and over again. And, 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 and as we look at this, we realize, you know, this is something that, that I've actually got to put some thought into. I've got to think about what it means to be a follower of Christ. I don't just raise my hand in service and then just go through life. And I'm a follower of Christ. I do whatever I want, whenever I want, but I'm a follower. You know, you, that's not it. You make decisions every step of the way. Pastor Mike, that seems kind of heavy. No, it doesn't because you're more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You realize there's a light at the end of the tunnel. He's got something better for you. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 says this. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? That just makes good sense, right? Look what happens. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build but wasn't able to finish. I don't want people looking at my spiritual life that way. Oh, this guy was all that. He was hot for Jesus for a minute. But the first storm came. The first temptation came. He wasn't able to do it. This person began to build. He wasn't able to finish. Look at this. Verse 33. We'll jump down to that. In the same way, what? In the same way, those of you who would not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Wait a second, Pastor Mike. You're saying that Jesus is saying, I got to give up everything? I, I got to give up everything? What, do I just walk away from everything? No, he's not, he's not saying you can't have stuff. He's saying you don't let the stuff have you. He's saying you got to give up your position in everything and put him first if you're a follower of Christ. You can't follow him unless you let him go first. You can't follow somebody you're not behind. You have to decide that, you know what, my life is now going to be lived as a Christian. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to make the decision. And it says, what does it say? It literally says that you should sit down and think about it. I know this is challenging, guys, but I'm telling you, God's got something better for every one of us. If we'll just sit down and think about it. What do I have to do to be a follower of Christ? What's the difference in my life so I can continue to be a follower of Christ? Maybe there's some people you're hanging out with, you know, are taking you the wrong direction. 
um, Nicole said something about that last week, about unfriending some people, or not unfriending them, but don't follow them so close. <laughs> you know, what, what are some habits that I have? What are some habits that I have that I have to decide, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to think about, if I really want to be a follower of Christ, it's an ongoing process. And I... <clears throat> Don't decide because there's grace that you can just stop and stay where you are. You can, but you're never going to get the most of the life that Jesus has bought for you with his sacrifice. He's got so much for you. And it's, it's a process where you say, you know, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to be a Christ follower. It means I'm going to interact with people differently. I'm going to look at people differently. I'm not going to be so critical. I'm not going to judge them. I'm not going to talk bad about them. I'm actually going to love them. I'm going to pray for them. If they're doing something that irritates me, I'm going to pray about it instead of complain about it. You've got time to complain. You've got time to pray. And they should be interchangeably, where you take one out and replace it with the other, meaning complaints go out, prayer goes in. That's what it's supposed to be. If you're full of gossip and all you want to do is sit around and talk about people, time to make an exchange. I'm a follower of Christ. It's not what I do anymore. Well, I'm not perfect. No, you're not. But you have a perfect Savior that says he will enable you to do all things. You just got to open your life to it. Pastor Mike, is this really the way you want to end this series? It is because God's got something for you. He's got something so powerful for you. And the only thing that's in the way is you and me. We get in our own way. Pastor Mike, I don't think I could do that. You can when, when, when you put Christ first, you literally get to the point. This is what it means to surrender everything. Is you say, God, everything I have is yours. My life, my breath, my belongings, my family. You know, Noah did that. He said, you know, I'm going to put God first. And his family came in line and were able to be saved because he put God first. Maybe your family needs you to put God first, and maybe that will be the answer. You say, well, I, you know, I'm just a teenager. Well, yeah, your parents need to see somebody put God first. And by you putting God first, let me tell you, when I was a youth pastor, I had more families come to church by the teenagers sharing Jesus through action and declaration, and their parents seeing that that's my kid, he's different, and they knew God made something happen, and they wanted to come and check it out for themselves. Don't wait on somebody else to do the changing. You are the change this world needs to see. As you follow Christ. Amen? If we do this, we, lend, we just live open-handed. You say, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't know I can do that. If you make a decision, everything I have is his, the fact is, everything you have is his. Everything you have when you leave stays here. The earth is the fullness, and the fullness thereof is his, the Bible says. Everything. So when you make a decision to make him Lord of your life, you live open-handed where God comes up and says, hey, give your shoes to that guy. And you think that's crazy, that's far out. I was in a minister's meeting one day and God told me, give my shoes to that guy. Happened to be my brand new shoes that I got as a gift, nicest shoes I ever had, I loved them, and God said, give them to that guy. And I look over and this guy's got shoes on, I've shared this before, about four sizes too big, He's got socks on with holes in it, and he's just praising God like nobody's business. And God says, give him your shoes. And I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't just say, yes, Lord, you are, you are all to me. I said, God, these are my new shoes. I'd be like God telling you to give those sneakers away, you know. 
It might take a discussion, but I'll bet he'd do it. Pastor Eric, <laughs> give those shoes to Yadiel. <laughs> <laughs> no, but here's the thing. I gave them to him. I didn't think much of it. I was a little, I'll be honest with you, I was a little bummed. I really liked the shoes. That guy was so blessed. I never met him before. I'd never seen him before. That minute, that guy was so blessed, and he told me, I've been praying for new shoes. I was like, oh, God, you let me be part of your love? And, you know, I gave him those shoes, and you know, within a very short amount of time, I got a lot more money given to me, just as gifts. People come up and say, hey, God told me to give you this. Then I could buy three pair of those shoes. I've given cars away. One day I was preaching, and God said, give that person your car. And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> I know the voice of the devil. Because I needed that car. God said, give that guy your car. Lord, honestly, I don't even really like that guy. I, I'm serious. I'm serious. You know, I'm just being honest with you. That guy was irritating me. You ever have somebody irritating to you? Yeah. Don't tell them if they're next to you. But anyway... <laughs> I was like, God, I need that car. My kids are getting ready to start Christian school. I've got to buy the uniforms. I've got to pay for the books. I've got to pay for the tuition. You know I need that car because I'm going to sell that car, and that money is going to go to get my kids in school. And God said, okay, okay, I hear you. Good. Give that guy your car. In the middle of my service, I walked over, handed him the keys, and I said, here. No, I didn't. <laughs> I gave it to him. And I just said, you know what, God wants me to give that car. I didn't cry to everybody, no, I got no money for tuition. No, I knew that. didn't say a word to anybody. This is when we had about 40 people in the church. We were meeting in a Lions Club. And by the end of that service, people come up to me, and they'd given me $9,000 in love offer. Just, and I didn't ask for it. I didn't cry and say, I need some money. My kids aren't going to be able to go to school. I didn't do any of that. I just decided I'm a follower of Christ. I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to do what he says. I'm going to follow his lead. I'm going to let him be God and me be a follower of God. Amen? And I did it. And people come up to people I didn't even know had any money came up to me and said, hey, you know what? God's been dealing with me. Yeah, God had been dealing with them for weeks. I didn't know that. All I knew was God said, give that guy your car. And the moment I said, here, this car's yours, several people come and said, right, I, I just knew today was the day I was supposed to give you this. And you say, well, what are you saying? I'm saying that when, when you, and when you're a follower of Christ, nothing has a grip on you. Nothing has a hold of you. Nothing's bigger than who God wants you to be. And when you know him well enough, and this happens through a progression of things by pressing in, leaning in, praying, spending time with him, putting him first, when you know him well enough, you know that he will never ask you for anything, that he doesn't have something better in mind for you. And you learn to yield to him, not out of religious duty, but out of excitement. When I get an urge to like give, I've given away motorcycles, I've given away cars, I want to give my house away. That's my goal. I want to give it away. I want, I want God to say, here, take a house. And when he tells me to give it to him, I'm going to give it to him. I've got to pay it off first, so I need some help. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I want to give my house away. And the reason is, I want to be part of what God's doing. I want, I want to be part, when God answers somebody's prayer, when they haven't ever told anybody else about it, and, and I walk up and say, hey, God wants you to have this. I want to see their face 
when they realize God answered their prayer. Because answered prayer changes lives. I want to be a tool in the master's hand. I want to be a follower of Christ. You say you can't do it. As soon as you get to know him, you can do it. God is telling us to sit down our wants and to put his wants up front. To go ahead and allow him to put us into a position where he can use us. Amen? The closer that we get to God, the more that we're going to see he's got so much more for us. The, the more that we just make a decision every morning, okay, today I'm going to follow you, Lord. I'm going to follow everything that you show me. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. And it doesn't mean that you, you become weird. It just means that you have such a relationship and his voice becomes so clear to you that you don't struggle with it. And one of the things that we really have to endure as a Christian is we struggle with what God's leading us to do because we don't trust him yet. Because you can't trust people you don't know. But once you get to know God and you realize, I can, I can trust him, you can do anything. You can do anything. You say, well, Pastor Mike, I just, I just don't know. It doesn't happen by accident. You, you, don't get into, you, know, you don't get into shape by accident. You don't wake up one day and say, wow, where'd these abs come from? Oh, my gosh. You don't have a good marriage by accident. You have to decide to have a good marriage, and you work at it. That's what Pastor Chris and, and Nicole are trying to teach through Aspire, is it's a decision every day. It's not a one-time thing. <clears throat> God doesn't bless you with a happy pill, and then you never have any problems. That doesn't happen. You make a decision to follow God's plan for marriage, and it works. And when you don't, you have those low lows, right? But when you listen, he'll bring you back up to the high highs. And he does it because he wants you to have the best. And he wants people to see him in your life as you're following him. That's the whole purpose. People can see him in your life. You know, you, here's one for you. You don't handle your finances right by accident. It doesn't happen. You have to work at it, right? You guys, you're having your, your life group for financial peace. It's something you decide and you encourage each other and you work at and you put the effort in. Then you will have financial peace. But it doesn't happen by accident, amen? So how do we do this? We make a decision, as I'm wrapping up, that I'm going to be a follower of Christ. We do it on purpose. We surrender and follow. We stop trying to be the, the, our own Lord. He's Lord, I'm not. And as you do these things, then you do it intentionally, on purpose. Every, every step you take through the day, is this taking me closer or further away from the things of God? Is this getting in the way between me and God? Or is this bringing me closer to God? It's, it's, it's really that much of a lifestyle change. But as you do this, go back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting their net into the sea. They were living life their way. They had decided this is our purpose. This is what we do. But then God showed up one day, and he called and said, I have something else for you. Come and follow me. And they had to make a decision. Am I going to stop being Lord of my life and allow Jesus to be Lord of my life? Or I'm going to stay on my own path? It's a decision. But listen to this. Verse 19 says, then he said, follow me. And this is the part we want to end on. If you follow me, and that's a decision, 
and that's something you do every day. But if we make that decision, if we take that step and say, all right, I'm going to follow Christ, he says, I will make you fishers of men, fishers of people. The word make there, in the Passion Translation, it says this, I will transform you. This is God, by his power, will turn you into a fish. You were created to be a follower of Christ, to make him, to follow him, to know him, and to make him known. Just like the Apostle Paul said, my passion, everything I did on my own, on my own plan, I consider it garbage now compared to knowing him and making him known. Because when we make him known, the power of God goes into operation and he will transform us. Some of you say, well, I can't talk to people like that. Yes, you can. You can. I can't invite people to, to church. Yes, you can. Because what it means to be a fisher of men is that you let your light shine. That you put down the things that are in the way of you letting people know about Jesus and you pick up the call of God so that you can now be a fisher of men. It's all about when I follow, I'll become a fisher of men. When I make the decision to be a Christ follower, there should be corresponding action in my life. There should be fruit that shows that I'm catching people for Jesus. That I'm connecting with people, showing them what it's really like to be a follower of Christ. People should know who I am and who my God is by the way I live my life. Pastor Mike, I can't do it. Yes, you can, because he will make you. It's not up to you. It's not, the weight's not on your shoulders. The weight's not, not you, don't, <clears throat> you don't have to become this personality that will attract. No, no, no. You just have to let him make you. You know, God is the most powerful force in all of creation, right? And when he says, I will, that's the strongest decree in the English language. I will. I will means there's no option. There's no, there's no second option. You know, I will. Now, if you say, I will try, then that blows it all in the water. Jesus didn't say, well, I'll try to make you a fisherman, but you ain't giving me much to work with, brother. No, he's not saying that. He says, I will make you fishers of men and women, people. I will. His decree, the most powerful force in all of creation, says, I will. You know, there's only one force in all of creation that can stop the power of God from doing this. You saying, I will not. Because God will not violate your will. He will not force you to do something that you're not willing to do. He'll empower you. He'll position you. He'll give you everything you need. But you have to say, I will. I will follow him. I will be used by him. I will let my light shine. I'm going to go out and I'm going to find somebody that I can give these cards. Because my church made it easy for me. You say, well, why do we, you just want people in the church. Duh. What do you think we do? Oh, yeah, we just hope people get to heaven by accident. It doesn't happen by accident. <clears throat> we do everything we can to get people to the point where they can accept Jesus Christ. We want them to see a Jesus that loves them and accepts them, not a God that's, re, you know, rejecting them and mad at them. But it only happens if you, followers of Christ, allow him to make you be a fisher of men. And when you do that, heaven will be populated. It's not about our church. It really isn't. It's about people making it to heaven, missing hell. You say, well, talking about hell. Hell's a reality. 
Hell's a reality that we have to do everything we can to stop people. And there's so many people in our world, in your world, that don't know Jesus. And they need somebody to cast out a net and say, hey, hey, bro, come on. Just come to church with me and see if you, I swear, they're not weird. One amen would have been nice. I mean, you know, they're not weird. All of a sudden, everybody goes. <laughs> but you can understand them. They, they, they present the gospel in a way where you can relate. That's what we strive for because we want to be fishers of men so that they can know Jesus Christ the way we know Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? Guys, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I want you to ask yourself right now, Am I willing to be a follower of Christ? Which means, am I willing to make the decisions to put him first in my life? To let him use my life to touch other people's lives? If that's you, God's calling you a world changer because you're going to change other people's world by bringing Jesus Christ into the equation. Follower of Christ is more than just going to church. It's more than just taking the title of Christian. A follower of Christ means you become a fisher of men. A follower of Christ means you put him first and let him be Lord in your life. Don't be the person that makes their own deity because it's more palatable. Let him see who God truly is through the choices you make while following him. We want to get to know him. <clears throat> the process, we want others to get to know him. So if you would, say this prayer with me. Today, I believe as I make a decision to follow Christ, you will use me in such a way that other people will find you. I pick up the responsibility of letting my life be a light to those that are in darkness. I love people the way you love people, in spite of their political views, in spite of their religious views, in spite of their cultural views, in spite of their sexual orientation views. I flat love people because you love people, God. Use me. I have this week as a tool in your hand to bring people to your house to find your son, our Savior. Use me to change worlds. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. You know, guys, it boils down to it's not, you don't play church anymore. You're a follower of Christ. You can be a Christian and go home and never make, a, never impact another person's life. You still go to heaven. But how much more exciting will it be to get to heaven and then meet all the people that you've helped get there? And have them say, wow, man, your life made the difference where I could actually see who God truly was. And I accepted him. That's what it's all about. This life is but a vapor. It's not our home. We don't need to get comfortable here. We're preparing to go to our home that Jesus has already prepared for us. Amen?
I want to end in this prayer. If, if you're here or online, bow your heads one more time, just for a second. And you haven't made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. You haven't made the decision to say, you know what, I, I accept Jesus. I know I need a Savior. I know I can't do it myself. I want you to come into my life, Jesus. If that's you here in the house, or if you're online, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, because really you're ultimately raising it to God. It's a point of contact for you to be able to have that moment where you say, I made the decision right there. So if you're here in the house, would you raise your hand? Anybody says, you know what, I'm going to put Jesus first. I'm going to follow him. He's my Lord and Savior. I accept him as, as, as my Lord and Savior right now today. Anybody in the house? Okay, you online. If that's you today, I encourage you to raise your hand. We're going to pray with you. Father, today, in Jesus' name, we, say it, believe with all of our heart. We confess with our mouth that your son did everything to set us free from our past and guarantee our future with you in heaven for eternity. We accept it, we believe it, and we say it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Guys, listen, we have 500 of those cards. I would encourage you take, you know, you know, take five, maybe take 10, whatever you're really going to give away. If you're not going to give any away, I want you to go home and watch this message again, and then maybe you'll take some then. Uh, but we need to touch people's lives. They need us. Amen? Amen. If, you're, if you're here, to, um, this is your church home. If you want to support the church, follow God's plan with your finances, the Bible says to bring the tithe and offering to the storehouse. This is the storehouse, so it's up to you. You can do it through the box back there. You can do it through the square back there. You can... Um, but you could tell we, got, we got them all up here. They're, they're zooming love through you guys. here. The Tithe Box Connection Center and by texting our number 561-805-3444. Any amount, you can text and it will get you set. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook. Thank you.